All right. Well, no. <laughs> I'm just starting it again. Okay, we're off. Okay, we've done it. We did it. I made, made a lovely little quip in the uh, um, in one which we forgot to press record on. Um, yeah, but uh, you'll never know what that was. Yeah. So, guys, <laughs> welcome to Neurodivergent Moments, episode two. We shouldn't. I shouldn't number the episodes in case you put them up in a different order. Whatever. Look. Look at the podcast. Yeah. You'll see what episode this is. Well, here's what you'll know: as uh, Pierre Novelli was our fabulous guest. He was. He was brilliant. He was. We talked about masking. We did, and mm. um, we went off topic a little bit. It, it somehow uh, melted into American football, and I blame myself for that. <laughs> I, I absolutely do. Uh, D- Joe, can you think of times in your life that you mask? Yeah, so do you know what? Like, yeah, I thought I did more and more effectively. So I thought that because um, there's a stereotype of autistic, particularly autistic men, that they're sort of weird nerds, sort of odd nerds. So when I started talking about being autistic, I thought because I mask so well and I come across as so cool, <laughs> uh, <laughs> people will go, "You can't be autistic because you're so cool and and like uh, and charming." And uh, turns out people are a lot more progressive than I thought they were. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone fully accepted me, even though I'm cool and charming. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you realise you do those things uh, a lot. Um, uh, Learning to make eye contact, learning to look in people's in in the middle. I shouldn't do visual things on a podcast. Learn to look in the middle of their eyebrows and that sort of thing. Is that how you make eye contact without making eye contact? That's how I learned, yeah. Now I'm sort of trying to not, be okay not making eye contact because I'm being myself more but um but yeah I learned to to, to look in in the middle of sort of people's um eyebrows Mm. um yeah learning to say you know ask the right questions back all those sorts of things um uh but they sort you get it by um you do it in a sort of or I've done it in a quite a sort of systemizing way where sometimes so uh I've done material about this but but the um I find it interviews about comedy quite hard because mm-hmm. I've learnt the social rules of um, if someone asks you a question about your thing, don't just tell them all about your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, say one little thing and then ask them about their thing. So in an interview, that's really difficult <laughs> because you have like, a, you know, journalists or whatever, like, oh, tell me all about this. And then you sort of feel that pressure of like, oh, no, I'm meant to say something back to them. So, um, yeah, the masking sort of happens as rules that then sit sit in you but it's hard to sort of like uh, adapt to those roles yeah I, I i have a quick question about eye contact for you which uh i've been meaning to ask you and now that we're on radio i will um so like sometimes like when we talk like you won't make eye contact or you'll look away you'll like check in and look away does it bug you when people make eye contact with you like does it bug you that i look at you because i can do the whole podcast <laughs> to the camera no it which doesn't. is my I, true love i use no i think um no it doesn't it doesn't bother me um and i think i sometimes do make more eye contact i think you if I've made eye contact with you in the past, um, not used past, but with people in the past, it's often that it's not as an important a conversation. You know, I think it just does affect my ability to think about what I'm saying. Interesting. Um, well, we sort of talked in the podcast, I sort of mentioned it, is like when it comes to masking, like I still don't know when I'm masking and when what, I'm not. What is ADHD? Because a lot of the conversation about masking will be autistic masking. What is ADHD well, masking? What does that look like? And I, 
I don't know, but people sometimes bring it up, and I don't know if those people are ADHD, autistic ADHD, who are talking about it. But we got asked to do a live stream or a podcast or something about masking, and they sent it to me, and I was like, oh, no, it's Joe you want to talk to. Uh, he's the autistic one. And they were like, no, no, we'd like to talk to you about masking as well. This opportunity. Oh, they got in touch with me on the Instas. Uh, this is a while ago. Well, I assume they message you too. Bugs. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'll have to dig through the the archives. Anyway, uh, my point is, was it is, paid? No. Ah, oh, fuck it. Then. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, it like I don't know. It's like sit still. You know what I mean? Right. Like don't because I'll I'll do this like I'll like bounce my knee or fidget or, or stem I guess is what we're uh what we're calling it what the kids are calling it <laughs> um so I guess like sitting still um uh, would be one sometimes I will say sometimes I'm in a conversation and I will zone out and I'll pretend I haven't but is that masking or is that just what about sort of the stuff that um Robin Ince talked about about having the sort of bouncy brain that goes oh I want to talk about this different thing are you ever in a conversation where your brain's gone to you know talking about what, something unrelated American football you, yeah and then you <laughs> do you ever hold back and go oh no that's um, that's not related enough to the topic so I have to or do you just go no we're talking about this now no I don't I don't think so because I do try to make things relate there are times when conversations will be happening and they'll be happening so fast and I'll have uh, an idea in my head of something I want to bring up, but the conversation moved on too quickly so I didn't get a chance. Mm. I mean, when we're talking about voices in our head, though, not only have I come up with the topic, but I've come up with a conversation. So I'm having the conversation I want in my head Mm. about uh, our example today, American football, while you and Pierre are talking about elite schools in the UK. Right. And I'm like, how do I make this be the conversation in my head about football? Oh, but okay. We've been manipulated the whole time. Yeah, I'm tricky. So I guess that's me unmasking. I I don't know. I have to do some real thinking about this. And I'd be curious for our other ADHD listeners, like get in touch with us on the socials at NDM underscore podcast or even shoot us an email uh, neurodivergent moments pod at gmail.com. Do you, as an ADHD person, mask? Does is that something that you see in your life? Because I'm sure I do, but then also, am I just like being a human? Like, you know, yeah, like Pierre was talking about, sometimes I'm tired when I go to work and I'll walk into the club and pretend I'm not tired. But that's because I'm at work and I don't want to bring down the vibe by walking into the green room being like, another one of these, you know. Do you, I think it's, it sort of relates to what we talked about with Andrea, the way like the neurodiversity movement has been dominated by autistic people. Mm. So now all these other people come along going, hey, we're, we're here. We want to be a part of this too. And then the autistic people are going, well, we've got all these words we've worked out. Here you go. And I think over the next few years, we're going to see a bit of, well, this word doesn't quite work for me, or this works in this way, you know, and sort of um, 
making that language work for everyone. Yeah, actually, that's really interesting. It's like, because masking does, it comes from autism, right? So that's, I, I may be wrong. Someone can fact check this, I'm sure. But, but that's my, it's associated more with. I, I feel like it's more of an yeah. autistic vibe. And then yeah. ADHD people are going, well, how does that fit yeah, into my yeah. life? And like, I don't know, like a dyslexic person might be like, well, I pretend to read it, but I don't read it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like that sort of thing would be masking. Um, I guess for ADHD, sometimes I pretend I'm paying attention and I'm not. Right. I'm, I'm having a completely different... Do you have other... go-to phrases that I need to look out for so if I know that you're not... Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. I... Interesting. You can kind of tell because I'll all of a sudden get really vague. Right. Like, instead of talking like we are right now where it's really engaged, I'll, I'll just be like, uh-huh. Okay. You know, uh, it did happen during the, during the record. I, just, I was like, only for a brief second, I like zoned out and I was like, shit. Uh, <laughs> Look up, he's like, interesting, I'm sure. <laughs> the thing is, is some, write it that as I'm saying this, sometimes when we're talking to someone, they'll they'll throw down such truth bombs that I'll be, I'll have a lack oh, have of words. That, yeah. So I'll just be like, uh-huh. And sometimes I'm still processing the thing that's been said. My favorite part is when we record these and someone will say something really profound and neither of us say anything. We just yeah. stare at them <laughs> and we're like, I, I'm always like, we should warn them, especially when we do them via Zoom. I'm like, we should warn them that's going to happen. Yeah, like, yeah. like, we're just we're just taking it in. And I cut those things out as far as the listeners might have. Them. I, yeah, uh, I, 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 I assumed you did. And that's yeah. why I'm so comfortable <laughs> to let it just hang there yeah. while I form my thought. Uh, sh- hey, should we? Uh, yeah, right. yeah, let's bring Pierre on. Uh, guys, this is Pierre Novelli. Pierre Novelli. Pierre, uh, Hello. you are uh, a-, a fabulous comedian and autistic man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm just. I think I'm probably more fabulous at the first part than the second. <laughs> And uh, uh, today we're talking about masking. Yeah, well, just generally, because I sort of thought, oh, what, what do I like to think about it, uh, with regards to this stuff? I thought it was such a good idea because actually we've never covered this topic. Mm. And whenever people talk about masking, I'm always like, I don't know if I do it because I only got diagnosed a couple years ago. And like we said, because we work in the arts, I'm like, I don't know how much masking I'm doing. Yeah, well, in comedy, everyone is so fucking mad. (laughs) And, like, one of the things I always liked about comedy from 10 years ago, even, was the fact that, like, one of the sort of rules was, like, oh, you could sort of say what you like, or you can be quite blunt or or funny. So the only rule is that it should be funny or worth hearing. Mm. And then I quite like that, because I've always enjoyed... I would rather hang out with a mad, rude person who says what they mean than a really polite, nice person where I've got oh, a totally, fucking yeah. clue what they're on about. Yeah, yeah. Because then I'm just, it's a difference between playing infinity guessing game and person who maybe rubs me up the wrong way even, but at least I know where they stand. Yeah. yeah. And that was a massive attraction in, in stand-up because even if someone was like a horrible <laughs> nutter, you'd just be like, yeah, but I know what flavor. <laughs> I could predict this. They're not hiding it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be no surprises. The surprise was initial. 
where you go, oh, look at you. And they say this or that, and you go, okay. And then yeah. it's that forever. It's a very consistent, as long as you accept the initial craziness, you know exactly who you're dealing with forever. That's so you're true. Right, yeah. I think promoters even more so. That totally. promote, comedy promoters are a special kind of crazy. Yeah. Know? I think you, you're right. Like, there's so many people who I think most neurotypical people would go, well, this person's really objectionable. Yeah. But comedians <laughs> yeah. go, well, yeah, but I know that, that I know how they work and, and that they're, they're honest. Yeah. So there's no sort of, um, there's no sneakiness to it. No, they're not even sneaky when they're trying to like steal or like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, I'm, I want to replace you on that gig because I want the money or whatever. And you go, no. And they go, ah. Oh. <laughs> it's, like, it's like something from a kid's game of cups and rubbers. You know, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's, that's what's, yeah. I, yeah, I think that's right. And, and I think, yeah, that kind of consistent. Because by being clearly consistently one way or the other, they're cutting out a good 80% background hum mm. of analysis. And that, How do you feel about bullshitters? Because I've always loved like an out-and-out bullshitter. I've enjoyed them a lot more than people who are sort of will mislead you. So I had a friend at school yeah. who calls us... Well, this is oh, 2003? Mm. His brother's in the Navy. And he turns around to me and my mate Jack and goes, guys, um, keep us on the down low. But um, last night, my brother killed bin laden uh, but you know we're not talking about it. it hasn't been announced yet so um just keep it on the down low and i, I it's brilliant because he would just come out with all these ridiculous things that i always knew was absolute bullshit i prefer that to someone who will sort of in a sort of misleading way make you think that they're okay with a thing where they're not all of that sort yes of thing. that's right exactly as long as i know that this person is a mad fantasist yeah yeah although i knew a guy like that at school and i did always just want to be like okay yeah 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 your dad's batman or whatever <laughs> yeah. but, but okay Great, but for real though, what do you get out of this? <laughs> just really, I need to know what is in this for you because I, it doesn't change your life. In I'm anyway. so gullible that I like it causes trust issues within me when someone else is like, you know, she's lying, right? And I remember I went to, I went to a school, uh, like high school, with this girl. I guess it was more like junior high when she was lying about this. But she used to say that her mom used to work for Michael Jackson, which that lie hasn't aged well. It's <laughs> <laughs> so very vague. Yeah, but like she was like his like assistant or something. So around their house, they used to have all this Michael Jackson stuff, like his glove and stuff. But you go over to her house and there's no sign of uh, Michael Jackson stuff in the house. Like, like she's like, but we had to put it all away. And I remember talking to someone and it's like, it's weird that she lies about her mom working for Michael Jackson. And I was like, that's not true. And it's like, we live in Greenville, Ohio. Like, Michael Jackson doesn't come here. Like, it was never... It's a long commute. Yeah. yeah. And I'm always like, oh, fuck. And then, exactly, I'm like, why would you lie what about that? What is this that? for? Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think you stand to gain? Like, yeah. it's such a short-term... But it, once you know, then you can maybe re- sit back and let it wash over you. I think it's you. just fun for people, isn't it? It's just fun to pretend that... You, I think it's yeah. to make yourself sound important in a status yeah. thing. I also went to college with a girl. It's, see, it burns me deep when I find out they're lying. That's how I... Who, like, said she was a model and went to Milan and all this before she came to acting school. And I was like, cool, tracks, you're tall. Yeah. And uh, she's tall. I was like, why wouldn't you be? And one of her high school friends came to visit and I kind of mentioned it and he, he was like, she's never been to Milan. She did like a modeling course in 
Colorado. And I was like, no, she told me how she went to Milan and all this. And he just looks at me and she goes, he was like, you know, she lies like all the time. <laughs> and I was like, I've been friends with this woman for three years. <laughs> that That is the worst. I do know that feeling where you just go. This is like a shit version of sort of catch me if you can or something. Yeah. Mm. You just go, this isn't even exciting. But you, didn't, you, you didn't even accidentally run a surgical department in a hospital. <laughs> you just went to Milan. It's not even like an exciting, crazy. But she didn't even go to Milan. I know, that yeah. was the lie. But that's the she... thing. At least if you're going to like fake yeah, a that's big not lie. A fun lie. That, that's like. You were on the cover yeah. of Vogue, but they had to cancel that issue. Like, that's... It's a rare collection. They're too beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they said we can't. It's not fair. <laughs> yeah, on the other models. On the other models. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they'll kill you if they find out that you're photographed at all (laughs) but yeah i think talking to a proper loon or an eccentric or whatever word in comedy just cuts out all of the analysis that you'd have to do in an office situation Mm. and i'm reminded of that whenever i have to work like writing on a show where i'm not talking to comedians necessarily i'm talking to a producer who actually has an office job and is a normal yeah. kind of like a, a producer who has a nine to five as opposed to a freelance comedy producer who tend to be wacky as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But the ones who are like, morning, Mr. Sullivan, you know, like proper like nine to five. Company man yeah, for the BBC. Yeah, yeah or just or whatever. Then they talk like they're in an HR meeting. Mm. And I just, it's like talking to the Riddler. I hate it. <laughs> they just go, it would be great if you could look at the sentence formulation like that. Or I just go, so do you want me to or not? It would be great if I could. I think like a German. They don't have this problem in Germany. You just go, do this. And you go, okay. <laughs> I totally agree with you, which I always equated to it being a British thing. Yeah. And the more I talk to other neurodivergent people, I realize that it's not the difference between British and American. It's the the uh, yeah. difference between the neurodivergent and the non-neurodivergent. Yeah. It's just like, would you mind if you could possibly? And I'm like, just ask the question or give me would, the direction. Yeah. Have a think about is the one I have. A, uh, have a, go yeah. have a think about. It would be, it would be great if you could have a think about taking a look at this, <laughs> see if there's anything that could be improved. Yeah. Go, okay, let me just rewind all that thread. You've noticed something you want changed. What is it? Do you that, say because I, I I say that now I've I say like give me a word count and a deadline tell me what to do I've started doing that and I feel that that is one of the advantages of having my little fucking piece of paper you know where I could go you have to tell me what you want or it's not getting really done yeah, yeah. the doctor says you know yeah. <laughs> I have to use medical bullying to force a British person to be clear with me about their desires. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was like a South African thing. Yeah. I, like, my family are very like culturally like English in the South African terms of the word English. So, But even we were like, God, we're, compared to some of these guys, we're like more like Afrikaans or, or Germans or the level of directness that we would prefer. But it hides behind cultural differences if you move somewhere, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely hid. Yeah, it... Uh... But the UK is particularly bad for it. I mean, I, I, I grew up with, with quite a lot of German friends, and it is different over there. Even for neurotypical, they are just much clearer. They don't have... The, the, it wouldn't make sense in, in terms of the verbs to formulate if you would like to take a look. Like, there's too many future tenses in a row. It would just, mm. You'd be seen as a kind of cowardly weirdo. I, I remember once in, in uni, uh, I was in a writing course, and I submitted this piece of writing, and, and the way it worked was we'd read it out loud, and then our teacher would give us notes. Mm. And so I read my piece out loud, and she goes, okay, great. And then just, duh, 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 duh. 
notes, notes, notes on how to fix it, what's wrong with it, like just tore it, quote unquote, tore it to part. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. yes." (laughs) And someone messaged me afterwards being like, I think your piece was really good. I don't know why she was so mean to you. And I was like, (laughs) I am literally paying thousands of pounds to go to this university. (laughs) Like, like what I don't want to hear is like, good job, kiddo. Like, I'm trying to write for newspapers. Yeah. This woman has written for newspapers. By the way, that dream died. But uh, but the point is, is like so it, newspapers. It was fair. same with acting school. Like it was so good to go to acting school in a way for me because, and I think other people don't take it very well. But acting teachers are notoriously famous for being like, "You're shit. This is why you're shit." be better yeah. and i was like this is great i can handle this yeah and then i entered the real world of entertainment and it's all like wonderful job um just a thing about the stuff mm. that, and i'm just like what would well, just tell me it was shit and i'll try it a different way it's fine yeah i you, find that so much because i think that's what attracted me to comedy you know what you're but yeah. you do get tv producers who will say all the ones i'm currently working with are brilliant i should say but <laughs> <laughs> not that's that many of them but um yeah, that will say, like, I've had, I like things where a producer will come and go, I'll put you on this show. And then they don't. And I'm like, but, but that's so weird. Like, mm-hmm. it's all, that's not like bullshitting in the fun way. You know, that's like a weird no, lie. That's a, verbal, that's, that's a verbal promise of work. Yeah, yeah. And you um, sort of want to say, well, don't lie about that. Yeah. For what? So you, Do the fun lie about Bin Laden. Yeah, say, yeah. Say, say that I can't be on the show because you've killed Bin Laden. And yeah, yeah. As a result, it's too dangerous for you to be on the show. Yeah. <laughs> If someone says verbally, I'll have you on my show sometime, and or I get an email back being like, we'd love to have you, but not now, I never read that as a no. I'm like, I will slowly wear you down because you said yes, but you said yes for later. I will get that <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, maybe you're saying no and trying to be polite, but until I hear no... I'm going to yeah. email you every week for five years. That is your American side. Yeah, okay. that is an American <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing. Okay. That, that is your like uh, uh, for, forging through the West. <laughs> you know. Well, then I'll build a damn railway. <laughs> that, is, that is the cultural thing, I think. Yeah, get up and go. No, I, 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 it's baffling. I really hate... Um, I, I know I'm I'm saying this is an excessive thing to say. I don't fully mean this, but I really hate people being polite to me. <laughs> I really don't like it. Um, I like a basic level of politeness from everyone, mm. but there's that there's that office politeness which is strategic. Do you be, on the background of people are like that and they're overly polite? Yeah. Either it then makes you sensitive to when someone does criticize criticize you because then I think oh god I must have broken them they must have been holding back yeah, so yeah. much to this point and That's now I've it. finally broken I'm, them I'm trying to interpret this directness from you a liar yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Whereas if they start out like that teacher who taught you know tore you the thing to shreds but didn't really. Yeah. Mm. If I knew from the start that person said I'm so and so and this is how I operate. Great. If that's the agreed upon method of communicating, I'll just those are, those are my expectations. Disappointment is just unmet expectations. So if as long as I know what to expect, then that's fine. I don't care. I don't have time in my energy in my day to have emotions about the way things are handed over. But if you are, like you say, polite, 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 and then you suddenly decide politeness isn't working, now I'll be direct, then you go, right, well, then clearly the communication has been failing because you have yeah, to switch yeah. track. Yeah, and that is that. panicking. <laughs> yeah, not nice. 
Do you ever feel like you have to mask or you're masking in your own life or work? Yeah, I or mean... Because you, you got your diagnosis a couple years ago now, right? Whoa, like a year ago. Okay. Maybe. Like, do you look back and you're like, oh, that's what that was? Oh, yeah, loads of that. I mean, you just sit and sort of re-download your whole life. And it's like watching... It's like if you re-watch uh, a series and you go, oh, there were all these clues. Mm. So who the murderer yeah. was. And you go, oh, how did I miss that? Like the camera zooms in for too long on that guy's like pocket or whatever in the film. And you go, oh, in, in hindsight, this film isn't actually that mysterious or whatever. It's pretty <laughs> obvious. But if it's the first time you're watching it, etc. There's loads I love of that you've watched there. Back Your Life and you go, oh, this is a little bit hack, the writing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, go, it's so obvious. Or you just go like, oh, they've really tried to tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if the script was written down, you'd be like, and the camera lingers on the, <laughs> yeah. the blood stain. And I was just like, looking at the ceiling when that happened or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you feel kind of an idiot. And you go, of course, of course. Loads of masking. I mean, politeness is a kind of masking anyway for everyone. Like if, you, if, you're, if you're knackered or hungover and you're a normal like neurotypical person or whatever – you can't be like that on Monday morning. You have to hide it. You have to, I love this job. <laughs> Whatever, they're all doing it. Yeah. But yeah, you look back and you go, oh, yeah, I have to. Or moments where you've failed to do it. Like what, Like an example. Um, it doesn't have to be a real example. When I'm on stage, I don't do enough with my face. And I find it very easy to remember my set and to remember the vocal intonations and, and the words. But I need to remember to perform more with my face. That's the most autistic thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I'm really tired, then I'll, I'll just be sort of going through the words. Because to me, the words are enough. I don't need someone to go, surprising. <laughs> For me to go, oh, that was surprising. His eyes went big. Because <laughs> that's how children think, in my opinion. But it's also how everyone thinks, because we're all apes, so fine. But I need to, it's something that I constantly, it's like the last thing I sort out before a show is ready to mm. go. I, I need to go, right, make sure that you perform the, the whole thing. Because otherwise, in front of the mirror or, or just... Uh... No, it's just like a conscious awareness of like, oh, do this more like a social anecdote where you're actually animated because right, yeah, yeah. it's the first time you're telling it to so-and-so and you know they're going to like it. Mm. And that's when you are animated, but it's sincere. Uh, it's the fact that it's not sincere that is... Or it's not spontaneous. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because you have told it before and you don't know if they'll like it. You'd presume and hope. <laughs> So I need to, I always think, oh, make sure to do, because it adds like, it's like 20% free laughs or more. It's mm-hmm. so much free laughter that you're, mis- you're leaving on the table if you don't do it, which irritates me, but you know. Remember back in the day when we were all comedy fans and the way you would <laughs> interact with comedy was listening to comedy albums when yeah. you couldn't see anyone? Yeah. In some cases better, I think. I, I really miss that form. I mean, not that you can't listen to comedy now, but everyone's coming out with visual specials. And mm. I'm like, no, I like just listening. I replaced it now with podcasts. Yes. But it's like, I don't want to sit down and watch a special. I want to listen to it yeah. on my train ride to Peckham. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Yes. Yeah, and you can imagine what they're doing or you you have you ever listened to a comedy album and then watched the the special? I must have done it. Cuz that's very yeah. disconcerting, cause especially if you knew the comedian already, you knew their work, cuz then you go, "Oh, I'm sure they're doing this or this or mm. or there's I can hear there's a bit too much laughter there in a gap, so they must have done a gesture." And it's very disconcerting to see where you're right and wrong when you watch it visually. Right, yeah, yeah. You go, I didn't even imagine them dressed like that. <laughs> you know. Like, like seeing a film of a book, I guess. Like, yes, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. 
Or like, or just listening to the soundtrack of a film. Yeah, I'm trying to think I've done that. Yeah, I must. Yeah, I'm sure I done because I'm a sad nerd. <laughs> sure. sure. There's, uh, I think there's films where I just have the soundtrack and haven't seen the film. <laughs> um, do did you do you feel that you when you sort of um, uh, I guess came out as autistic? Did yeah. you? What was the response? And do you think that relates to masking? Because I, I I always thought that I masked very very well. Yeah. So when I started talking about it. I thought everyone would go, well, no, you can't be. But what you? Yeah, 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 you must so well. You can be. And everyone went, yeah, yeah. That, that sort of makes sense. I had both. I had some people going, no, there's no way. Um, not after the you know, result. They went like doubting Dr. So-and-so mm. or whatever, which would have been a more dramatic thing to do. But in the lead up to me going, no, I'm pretty sure, actually, the more I read about this, um, people going, no, 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 there's no way, there's no way. But then equally, probably the same number of people going, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, mixed it. Yeah. Is that people who knew you more unmasked? They, kind of, they or? both knew me quite well. Right. Which yeah. is weird. I think, yeah. although to be fair, the main person who was like, there's no way, knows a lot more extreme people diagnosed. Right. Oh, I thought you were going to say they were autistic themselves, because I, I had a few things where... Oh, they go, but this like, is oh, normal. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had a lot of that since. Right, people yeah, going yeah. like, but these are just the things I do. And I have to be <laughs> yeah. like... Well, yeah, there's. <laughs> I have an online form you could fill in and see how you score if you like. But I don't know if you find this, but since being diagnosed now, I see uh, neurodivergency everywhere. And when people are like, yeah. I'm not neurodivergent, I'm like, hey, oh, you might want to have that looked at. It's like men in black. Yeah. When he's walking around and he sees all the tentacles and things. Because I can see where the aliens are. Yeah. <laughs> he sort of notices, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know if I've properly, I mean, I haven't like formally announced it or whatever. It was at the end of my show last year, but just because it happened to relate to everything in the show, because it relates to everything about your brain. Um, and I got my diagnosis like um, uh, two months before the fringe, something like that. A month before the, two months. So you were working on a show before they sort of had it properly signed, because I, I had yeah. a sort of similar thing, but I had a longer run up to it where yeah. I was working on a show and I was like, can I do this if I don't get the formal diagnosis like it'll be yeah. a very different show you well know, will the show be in poor taste if i then I, like you know i thought a similar thing although it wasn't my intention to do a show about something like that but accidentally it turned out because the show title was why can't i just enjoy things but i chose the title for 2020 <laughs> <and> I <recycled laughs> it, so i can't have known <laughs> you know i was like no that's the title i think it's funny there's loads of things that people enjoy that i don't enjoy and I'm going to do observational comedy about why that might be. Mm. Well, I got my fucking answer. <laughs> That's why. That was the end of the show. I was like, turns out there is a reason. I was, it's no, it was a, supposed to be a rhetorical show. There's no rhetoric in it anymore. It's just like a long list of the complaints of an autist. <laughs> Which is fine, but you know, spoilers. What are the things you don't enjoy? I don't really like going on holiday. I sort of feel the same way. I've come yeah. around to it a bit, but there's certain so holidays in certain it, yeah. ways. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah. it's a lot of effort. People say things like, yeah. oh, there's, there's brilliant restaurants in Prague. And you go, there's brilliant restaurants in London. I haven't done all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I have to, you know? Yeah. Some, some, some types of holiday I can get on board with, and it depends on how they're organized or, or whatever. But like overall, it's not something that I consciously need or think about a lot. Like, oh, I can't wait to. To briefly be in a different place for two and a half days just, and a full day of flying. A couple, yeah, here's the, here's the thing. I think I would enjoy it. And I do like a holiday, but I think I'd enjoy them a lot more 
if one uh, all the organization was done by someone else yes. and I could fly first class everywhere. <laughs> I'm working on those BA points. I'm like forensically trying yeah, to yeah. get gold status. So I like, because I'm, I'm done with this, this economy class lifestyle. Secondly, I'm never freaking home. Like yeah. people are yeah. like, let's go on holiday to a thing. I'm like, why don't you go? You know what? I've never been alone in my house. Yes. Totally. That yeah, yeah. sounds ideal. Yeah. Like I've literally on a campaign to get my boyfriend to leave the house for four days. Yeah. Just, just because the idea of being home alone, I'm yeah. like, oh, I've never had such a thing. <laughs> this is it. Well, our jobs are travel mm. and our jobs are chaos routine. Yeah, yeah. So when someone goes, God, you know, isn't it nice to just um, be on a plane or in an airport and also to get a break from our routine? And you go, neither of these issues apply to me. And yeah. also, these people who love holidays have paid holidays that they need to take mm. from their jobs that they must take or they just disappear and they do not lose money. Yeah. I mean, too, I think we're we're spoiled in that way that travel is part of our job. Like, next week I'm going to Austria to perform in a ski comedy you festival. You go to all the cool places. Yeah, yeah. but that's, a, that's one anything. of the good ones. Like, yeah, it is one of the good ones. But my, Going to Macclesfield to perform in Macclesfield. <laughs> well, I don't want to brag, but it. tomorrow I take the bus to Manchester because I cannot handle the train prices anymore. Yeah. But my point is, is like every once in a while you get like a really good one like that. And so many people would like plan and look forward to that. Same with like music festivals. I've never mm. paid to go to a music festival. I just wait to be booked at a music festival. Yes, yes. Yeah. And like other people, they, they're just, I remember the first time I took Tom to a music festival and I was like, what do you think? And he's like, it's a lot more laid back when you're like here for work and i was like well what do you mean he's like well you know we kind of get up we'll walk in we'll go and grab some beers at the comedy tent we'll hang out we'll see what's on maybe we'll go maybe we'll just walk around and he goes when you've paid to go to a music festival you know what bands are on when they're on you are up yeah, you are yeah. out you are like yeah, yeah. trying to get the full experience right away well that's it i need i you're gorging on fun because soon fun will be over yeah mm. and it makes sense in that context, but I don't, you know. Yeah. Stay home. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm not like upset. The, I think the UK as well is obsessed with holidays. It's just really strong holiday culture here. Yeah. City breaks yeah. everywhere. Everyone's constantly fucking talking about them or doing yeah. them. So that's one of the things that I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm not against them, but I'm not losing my nut over not being able to do one. I didn't go on holiday for years, years in a row, not yeah. counting like family. Those don't Stuff. count. I'm tired of people asking me if I had a good Christmas break. That is not a break. Yeah. That is not a break. And I love my family and I love Tom's family and I love the time we spend together. But that is not a break. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one of the things. What are the other stuff in the show? I'm trying to remember what else was in the show. I feel like I was con- uh, our li- part of this is that our lives are so good. That are so convenient that we don't need holidays. Well, it's definitely part we, of it. People are going to be watching this thing and we're complete dicks for us. Oh, part of it is that our lives are so good, but also like those people know how much money they make a year. Yeah, that's true. And they get paid holiday. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And pension contributions, you know. So oh like, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their, work, and their to... work covers their travel yeah. if they have to go somewhere. Yeah. So <laughs> let's not get too... Uh, <laughs> enamored with our oh, own lives actually i'm fucked yeah you're right the more the oh, more, the more people i meet who have <laughs> like normal office jobs i really think like part of the whole like well of course i'm privileged to be a 
raconteur of the road. Like, I think that's kind of true, but I think in our business, a lot of people, it's a lie they tell themselves to make P-A-Y-E. chaos. That is what I want. P A Y E. So you just get your tax. There's no tax return at the end of the year or a bill. It just comes out of your tax automatically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, we don't have that in America. No, they make you do it no matter who you are in the States. It's crazy. Yeah. But in this country, the majority of people have never had to fill out a tax return. I don't really th- you don't really think about tax. You just get your money. They've in. never done yeah. it. And you say, to, you say to them, oh, I've got to do my taxes. And they go, what do you mean? Yeah. It doesn't exist. Yeah. That's another aspect of our lives that is completely unusual. Uh, so just to pull up, like when you're asking examples and stuff, there's a conversation that you and I had after one of your previews that you, maybe you don't remember. The this. Bill Murray one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were talking about, like you were talking about how you became like the popular boy in school by like, you like well, studied more, more it. Popular. More popular. More popular. <laughs> it was a by, low like, bar, but yeah. By being like, okay, this is what I do. This is how I do it. And you like yeah, learned, figured it all out. Learned and to I, socialize, yeah. And I was like, how did that make you feel? And you were like, I was in hell. But you did it. Well, I was in hell in the process. When it That's worked, it was, I mean, gr- yeah. when it was When it worked, it was great. But it was very hard to learn. So... Yeah, I mean that's a big mask. So oh yeah, you, but at that, looking back at the time, you, I just thought I'm a clever scientist. <laughs> <laughs> I've really nailed this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. What were you trying to achieve? Like head boy? I don't know what kind of school you went to. <laughs> just, just go to parties. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't have a high bar for this. You know, it's just like be sociable, like have a normal social life. I, Did you think the that other people were doing the same calculations, or I thought that there were people. Or I thought correctly that there were people for whom it was completely natural. They weren't thinking about it at all. Right. But then, like, those people also couldn't do things completely naturally that I could do. Mm. So the deficiency wasn't confusing. It was like, well, they can't, you know, there's guys who can do maths more easily than me, or I can do a language more easily than them. So this is just a thing I need to work on. The same way that, like, if you're not naturally good at a subject, you'll have to work harder at it to reach the same level as those people who just breeze in and you know, fart out an award-winning essay of about whatever. So it made sense to me that, you know, if there's a deficiency, then you'd look into it and work on it if you care. I was also naturally complete dog shit at music, but I didn't care about that. So I left that alone. Mm. So it fitted what, into what the mold. The, what the sort of calculations, if you're, you're at school, got a party tonight, are you writing stuff down? Are you, what, no, it was what, just, it I, did, was, I couldn't do banter. Right. I couldn't do... The UK thrives on a sort of recreational rudeness. Mm. People like to be rude to each other, and it shows closeness and confidence. It does, you prick. Yeah, mm. exactly. <laughs> How's it going, you fucking idiot? You know, <laughs> things like that. But I, I was always... Uh, I could never quite tell if someone was actually trying to be like a kind of, hey, or just try, really trying to cut me off. Right. I couldn't really tell the difference. And when you're like a 15-year-old boy, there isn't much difference either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in my, in my defense, <laughs> these are 15-year-olds, the worst age. Of, so you were learning banter from scratch? Basically, yeah. Well, just because like uh, you, can't, you can't take the things they say too seriously slash you have to have something to say back of equivalent force. And it's the same in comedy with heckler put-downs. Mm. If someone heckles you at 60%, you can at best come back to them at 61%. Yeah, yeah, but if someone goes, uh, "When's the comedy start?" and you go, "You fucking piece of shit!" I'm like, shit in your mouth, you piece! Of- <laughs> and you flip out and fucking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you go, "I oh, fucking you ugly fucking!" Like, then you've ruined the gig because you've gone a hundred and they went in at ten. Mm. You can only meet them at the level of force they hit the tennis ball at you. Yeah, yeah, or it totally. makes everyone upset. 
I love that you figured this out at 15 with trying to relate to other teenage boys. And when you got into comedy, you were like, I understand. You go like, no, this is the same dynamic. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is the exact Because if, if they go, your handwriting's fucking weird or whatever, like in class, and you go, yeah, well, your mum's a fucking stupid. Like <laughs> that's too much, you know. Yeah. And if they go, your handwriting's fucking weird, and you go, okay, that's also weird. <laughs> yeah. you, need to, you need to get it at about that level of... Why, well, you're weird for looking at my handwriting. You know, something a bit more equivalent to go, okay, this is, it's got to match. The exchange rate has to match. And it's the same with heckles. Once you, once you solved the equation, as it were, and you were going to <laughs> yeah. the parties, did you enjoy it? Like, did yeah. you enjoy the parties? And yeah, because I had succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> but did you enjoy the frivolity? Yeah, of, like, well, because there was booze. Okay. <laughs> so, great, you know. It wipes away a lot of uh, uh, anxiety, mm-hmm. a few tins, <laughs> and no one else. It, it, it's, it's also part of it is just overcoming generic social anxiety, right? Because the trouble is that there's a temptation to lump everything in with neurodivergence. When also all of them were fucking socially terrified and completely unconfident in themselves. It's just that they never seem to show it, at least not in a way I could perceive. Mm. But that was definitely true, and it mm. is true looking back for everyone. So that, it, in reality, I was solving two problems. I was solving the normal teenage problem of how do I socialize better? How do I fit in or whatever, which is ev- an everyone problem. And I was solving the problem of I'm really, my, my antenna aren't good enough at picking up what, what's going on mm-hmm. socially. And those are two separate problems. It would be a mistake for me to sit here and go, oh, being shy when you're 15 is neurodivergent because it's, <laughs> it's not. It's a, very much an everyone problem apart from the high school quarterback in an American film <laughs> who's visibly 30. You know? <laughs> that guy's not shy, but he's not real. <laughs> so, how, how did alcohol affect the masking? Much easier. Oh, do you find? Yeah, I, I found the op- to, to mask. Yeah. I find the opposite. I find really? that it all comes out when, when I'm drunk, yeah. Oh, interesting. Because that's why I didn't drink it as a teenager. I have material about it, so I'm trying not to slide into material because it's all yeah, people it's... do that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, teenagers and 20s, I didn't mask because of... Uh, I didn't uh, drink alcohol because I I would uh... say the wrong thing. I would talk too much about one topic, all those sorts mm. of things. I just... Um, so I sort of... I didn't drink alcohol because then I could have control over the social things. I think it helped because it made it easier for me to put up with not talking about the thing right okay it sort of made it more relaxing than it would have been otherwise right okay it's easier to be bored when you're drinking (laughs) you know and if you're bored because you're not talking about your special interest or whatever or also it makes other people more honest yes yeah yeah so i could get a better read on them in that relaxed environment than in the tense environment social jungle of at school so that's other people being drunk, not you being drunk. Yeah, but that help that you can't really have one without the other. Yeah, yeah. Because then they're tense around you because they know that you're not drinking. So it does have to be you're mutual, judging. especially yeah. in the UK. Yes, yeah, yeah. We have a drinking problem. Yeah. Oh my god! I went on holiday to Mexico, oh, yeah. and uh, they have this like natural water park there. Get your head around this, um, as people live in the UK. Uh, it's a water park with like cliff jumping and stuff like that. There is free, unlimited alcohol all day. No one died. <laughs> And it's fine. It's fine. It's not At of... the end of the day, there are a couple of people talking a bit louder. And it's not that was sick. it. And it's cliff no. diving. Cliff diving, all sorts of zip size, all that sort of things, slides and, and swimming. And it's like a natural one, so you can swim with fish and stuff like that. That is, that's, and, there uh, you go. That's uh, my, my, like, it, what is, what, is it there. just beer, presumably? 
No, no, strong cocktails. Really? Oh, Many wow. stri- and you could get two at a time. So my wife oh, went up and went, oh, I could have hell. two strawberry daiquiris or whatever. Yeah, no, and then I mean, then <laughs> in the UK, like SO15 yeah, would have to raid amazing. that water park. Like, yeah, SWAT yeah. Team I, I genuinely, I think people would, would, would die every day. I think, it's, <laughs> I, I think it's the gorging on fun thing. I actually am writing a new routine about exactly this. <laughs> Where, yeah, in the UK, there's this idea that, like, well, who knows when we'll ever have fun again? So <laughs> let's go f- as much as possible. Mental yeah. right yeah. now. Binge drink. Yeah. That's the thing. When I moved to the UK, because I lived in New York for 10 years, and I moved to the UK, I have never, on a Sunday morning, seen so much vomit yeah. in the street <laughs> yeah. as I have yeah. in this town right now. Like, yes, I, yeah. like New York. Party town. And fun fact, in fucking London, the bars close at 11 because you're soulless and unhappy. Bars stay open forever in in New York. Like, you can drink until 4 in the morning in yeah. New York. It's an amazing place to live. And I've never seen so much vomit yeah. on the streets. It's Well, what's weird is that... that like, London, like London, I mean, Manchester and Glasgow, you can drink till four as well. It's yeah. just London. It's just the tube. I don't understand it. But now some of the tube runs 24 hours. Does it run 24 hours again? Because they stopped it during some COVID. Tube. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not from... It was for a while. But once you've trained the vomit in to society, it's going to take a long time to train it out. That's true. Once it's in there, it's a kind of gener- generational <laughs> it's, expectation. It's yeah, so cultural, isn't it? It's like, yeah, you can't. They've tried to, with like the 24-hour drinking and stuff like that, they've tried to legislate it, but it's just British people. I think you're right. It's we need to, we don't know when the Germans are going to come back. And, yeah, uh, it's just so weird. We need to get all the fun in before. Booze, famine, attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's odd. <laughs> it's odd. But I think maybe, so my stand-up is going to be about my actual belief, which is that, the amount of emotional repression in the UK and politeness means you need to drink more. Yeah, yeah. Because of how much you're not being yourself every day. Whereas my stereotypical belief is that places like Mexico and Italy, people can just kind of say when you annoy them. Because you grew up in South Africa, right? So, till I was like seven, then we moved to the Isle of Man. So was that... A- so I grew up... I grew up the, the, the closest t- cultural touchstone I had in the UK for a long time was the North. I just don't right. sound. I don't sound or seem northern. But the Isle of Man is basically like Cumbria, Lancashire culturally, like most similar. Okay, mm. it's it's Gaelic. It's a Celtic place, but like the the, close, the most analogous place would be somewhere in Lancashire, probably. So was that as an autistic? Was that a shock? You're talking about people sort of not being themselves as much. Was that a shock coming to Britain, where people maybe do well, put on a bit more of a stiff upper lip front? They do, but they're more direct and friendly up north. Right, okay. If you did, moved down to, if you moved to Oxford yeah. or something like that, it would have been harder. Well, that would have, exactly, if we'd moved to Surrey or something. Yeah. And I did think I had English people down, and then I went to uni and I realised now it's Northerners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my picture of England Different was Northern breed. England. Yeah, yeah. yeah, You went to one of the posh unis, right? Cambridge, yeah. Cambridge, yeah. And then I met much more actually posh Southerners, because posh up north is a pretty low bar. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was out with some friends once on the Isle of Man, and we got called posh because we had all our teeth. <laughs> I mean that was by a very old toothless man. Yeah. So his opinions on teeth are biased, I would say. <laughs> it wasn't by someone our own age, but yeah, the the bar for poshness up north is pretty low. I didn't know it was low at the time. 
I thought that is pretty posh, actually. You know, these these <laughs> things that are accused of being posh are pretty posh. I love when someone's bar for something is so. I remember we used to get this really rough pub. And I don't know why, but just the nearest pub to yeah. me and my friends, and we would get called emos a lot because it was like <laughs> we just go in like where I don't know wearing like, a t shirt or something like, like oh, it's the goths are here. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of them had a, a bracelet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You go, wow, is that that's enough? That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then I'm... David Bowie. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's gelled his hair. (laughs) David Bowie's here. Yeah, exactly. And then I went to Cambridge and I met people who were actually the real, like, up there, fancy. Oh, there's... I've I've done the debating society at Cambridge. Yeah, yeah. There's posh... Did, I thought I knew posh people, but did you no, no. There's echelons like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, did you yeah. have to like relearn social socialization again? Because I've I've never been to one of the fancy schools, but I Cam- oh, I can a- just imagine that there's so much coded language and and this polite speak of of the rich and privileged, the posh and privileged. There is, but Cambridge is full of people who are autistic enough to do well at those exams. So it's actually, you end up going ah, back. Yeah. You, you don't get in for being the Duke of Beaufort or whatever. You get in for being too good at some academic subject. Oh, okay. So you do get people, the, every now and then there were people at Cambridge who were so smart that it was terrifying, but they were also sociable. Mm-hmm. Real like unicorns. Right. And they were always like, wow, this guy's like, a science genius, but he's also like a first team rower and fun. Mm-hmm. And you just go, okay, you're like the main character of the film of life, you know, well, <laughs> yeah, well yeah. done. But mainly it was people who were so good at one exact specific subject that it kind of broke their mind. Okay. Like this is, this is a, like for all that people say, oh, you just get in because of, you know, the right knife and fork. It's like, you don't, you don't. Well, it's a, it's a nerd castle run by nerds. Like, <laughs> it's it's so... I, I have a joke where I'm telling at the moment where I say, of course, I didn't think I was autistic. I was the least fucking autistic person for like <laughs> miles. <laughs> Just look at these guys. I'm not like these guys. <laughs> okay. I'm here making eye contact, fucking <laughs> chatting softly. Whoa. I'm like Don Draper. <laughs> well, oh. was there some, because I remember doing, is it called Claire, Claire College doing a gig there? Yeah, in the basement and, bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. must have been just after, so you were the same year as Phil. Was Phil Wang. Yeah, below Phil. Right. Maybe you were there. I don't know. I might have been Phil there. Phil had just left. So it was the year after Phil had left. Oh, no. Then we both, because well, he did engineering, so we left at the same time. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so, but I remember arriving mm. and going through another bar that had, like, how I imagine. Your people's imagined version of like the Bullingdon Club of sort of like they're always yeah, yeah. like boating jackets things, mm. yeah, yeah, and like just sort of comedy posh people, yeah. And I was thinking, oh fuck, this is going to be the audience. And then I get through to like the back room, yeah, and all the nerds are there, and I was like, oh, that's to watch be, the comedy, my yeah. People. yeah, yeah. But even the guys with the boating blazers and stuff, they bought them for a laugh once they were there. Right. Like there's a cosplay element to this. Okay. They didn't have one when they were 14 and look at it admiringly of a Sunday and think, <laughs> someday I will. You know, some of them did. but Because the, there must be, because Boris went to Cambridge. So good. Oxford. So, Oxford. So. Please. Oh, it's Oxford. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it is? Oxford. They all went down. Generally, Oxford, anyway, Oxford yeah. makes the prime ministers. Right. Cambridge, yeah. is, Cambridge has got, had like two or something. Like it's really oh, weirdly okay. low. We do the scientists. I was right. hanging yeah. out with Tom Tuck and of course he turned uh, the hang into a quiz because it was Tom Tuck. Yeah. And, it, and I think like seven prime ministers did not go to Oxford. Wow. Yeah, it is like, something is crazy. Brown, like he went to Edinburgh. One didn't go to uni. I can't yeah. remember who it was. 
Liz uh, Preston, does she? Maybe. Does she even count as a player? <laughs> Just about. Uh, but yeah, like they all, they yeah. It's, it's a prime minister factory. Um, it's one cause, isn't it? The, is it called P? I confuse it with the um, insurance thing. It's, um, it's not PPI, it's PPE, is that? PPE. Yeah. Politics, psychology, economics. Yeah, like like philosophy, that. something like that. Yeah. Politics, philosophy, economics, yeah. psychology. Um, yeah, but whereas like, if you look at like uh, the stereotype from what I can tell is that Oxford seems to be prime ministers and like very sort of wispy poets. Right. Your Byrons and so on. Mm. And so there's like a lot of literature in running the country, whereas Cambridge seems to be discover DNA, start a sketch troupe. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two flavors that seems to be. a lot of heavy, heavy science and a lot of the comedy. My university was drug dealers. And, uh, <laughs> like on their alumni page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're very proud. Yeah. Is, uh... <laughs> There's drug dealers at every university. Yeah. Just yeah. what flavor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pierre, what's going on? You're on tour. You're on TV. What's happening? Here? Uh, 15th of June, Leicester Square Theatre mm-hmm. in London. And then on tour in autumn oh, around the country. Fabulous. To where you are. Listener, <laughs> probably it's, it's never to wear that. Do you get people no. on social media going, "Why aren't you coming to this tiny town?" Anymore? Yeah, <laughs> what's wrong with Lower Dingley? <laughs> I think we all know. Uh, how so, how do people find you on the socials? What's going on? Copy and paste the spelling of my name from the title of this, <laughs> and just you know that dot pianovelli dot com, Twitter, Instagram, the usual. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I don't check Facebook because I'm not in my fifties. <laughs> We uh, always ask our guests for a neurodivergent moment. Could you give us a neurodivergent moment? Yeah. So it was when I forgot to do proper masking recently. I was recording um, some sort of like to camera things where it was like comedians doing like little bits, like one at a time. So there'd be someone in there and you'd wait and they'd come out and you go, oh, and then you'd go in. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a sort of dentist sort of thing, you know, mm. in this little studio. And the comedian that came out was a guy who I, I I'd, I'd met like three times, two or three times on the circuit. Didn't like know well. We're not friends or anything. And he came out, and I went, uh, I went, oh, how was it? He was like, yeah, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. How's it going? And I went, oh yeah, not bad. And he said, uh, oh, we've met before. And I said, yeah, I know, I know. And he went, oh no, and he said his name. And I was like, no, I know, I know. And I said the last place we met. And he was like, oh right. And I was like, that was weird. Like, why did he say it? Like I'd done something that implied that we hadn't because i just but i realized that what i'd done was nothing i hadn't gone hi with my oh, fucking I face i hadn't done the little dance of we know each other <laughs> because i was focusing on what i was going to say and i'd been sat in this little waiting room scenario for ages so i was like, oh hey you know but because i hadn't gone hi how was it you know this whole fucking thing that everyone wants. Mm. And, I, and as I went, oh, I should have done the little face dance that people like. <laughs> oh, well. Now he thinks I don't know who the fuck he is. Oh, well. Oh, my next, God. next time. Next time. I'll try and remember the face dance for next time. Otherwise, people just go, oh, he's blank. He's looking blankly at me. I, that's how I know I'm autistic, because you told me that story. And I was like, yeah, that seems reasonable. I don't know why he would. <laughs> yeah, that's it. This is the trouble. Is like you say, we were saying before, when you tell people this stuff and they go, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You lo- might be in the club with me then, if you think that's fine. <laughs> what I love in that story is once you realized it, you were like, but I was thinking about the face for the stage. I wasn't thinking about the yeah. offstage face. Mm. I wasn't being social. I was pre-work. Yeah. 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 And this guy was sort of 
expecting social. Yeah. So that was a failure to mask and to meet the requirements of ordinary face dance behavior. Oh, I yeah. love that. So. Well, on that note, Pierre, it was great <laughs> to have you on the podcast. That's good. Ah, I think this is a positive thing you're saying. <laughs> ah, can't trick me. <laughs> I think these are good things. Mm. No, it's a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having Thank me on. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank, Thank you. you. That was Pierre Novelli. Ah, amazing, man. Uh, learned so much about uh, the differences between Cambridge and Oxford in that one. <laughs> Pierre's on tour as well. I, I saw he was doing um, one of the venues where, where I was performing. So do check out Pierre on tour if you're in the UK. Yeah, follow him on all his socials and go see his tour. And his tour is a little, uh, actually kind of, about getting diagnosed autistic as well that does come up in it so i think it'll be right up everyone's alley we should quickly address there's a bit of background noise that's because you are in somewhere very exotic and i am in portsmouth yeah so i am uh, not inside i am in candies caddies oh god if i if i only care to look up where i go I was in, I'm in cadiz cadiz that's how you say cadiz spain i'm i'm currently on a uh, on a cruise ship right now and uh joe and i realized that uh, we haven't recorded the moment yet <laughs> so i'm sitting in a park outside but we've got some great moments if, do you have um a, apart from us messing up the times do you have a, a moment of the week uh my moment of the week is thinking that andrea's patreon comes out uh when it's instead pierre's full episode so <laughs> i have all of the socials done for the Patreon that came out last week, but none of the air socials done. The I, I because you you're, didn't you a week ago message me saying, um, I've just realised I'm flying to Austria today, not tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, there's that as well. <laughs> but that wasn't my fault. Oh, it wasn't. That okay. Was a cock up in my uh, diary and i'm fully blaming my agents for that oh i see sorry uh, there um i mean i could have done my due diligence and double checked everything no but let's blame the agents I've, I've been, i have I've management for that now i'm a fancy <laughs> lady who records podcasts in spain now <laughs> um, what about you do you do you have a neurodivergent moment? Yes, for the I, I've been in Copenhagen. I spoke at or did a, uh, a gig at the um, uh, Autism Film Festival there. They gave me a gift after after the performance. It was very, very nice. And uh, you know when something's like a stereotype, but you're like, yeah, but that's completely 100% fair. Um, so they've obviously gone, what can we give an autistic person? They were like, I got, I got some Lego. And I'm one hundred percent happy with that. <laughs> they're like a sunflowers. I think oh, that's uh, it's, it's it's it's. I think I I I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. This this may be the thing that gets me cancelled, but I think all autistic people at least like Lego a little bit. Would be happy if they got some Lego. If you're autistic and you don't like Lego, let us know. Yeah. Uh, also, rethink your diagnosis. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, when we were in Austria, the one thing Tom bought was a. Uh, was a Lego set of a, of a, what are they called? Cat track or something that like plow snow. He bought a snow plow Lego to set oh, up wow. for himself. 
Oh, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. I was in the home of Lego. It was amazing. Um, oh. We have some listener uh, moments. Uh, yeah. Do you want to go first or shall I? Uh, I'll go first. Sure. Hold on. Let me go pull it up. It. This is from Dana. And she wrote, I've had a picture frame hanging on my staircase wall for around five years now. It doesn't have any pictures in it. Just haven't gotten around to printing them and putting them in. There's more to the story. It's actually the only surviving frame as originally there were five of them, but the others gradually fell down the stairs and broke. (laughs) None of them have ever had pictures in it. I love that. I know there's so many things where which new adventure people do where if if there was like a crime an accusation of a crime and that was part of your alibi, it would fall apart completely if they went, Why yeah. have you got this blank picture frame? Oh, there used to be five of them. If you needed that to defend yourself in a crime, <laughs> no one would believe you. I love it. I love it. Uh, what do you have? What have you got? Uh I have one from uh Sally Ann who says, I got into an argument with a supermarket shelf stacker because the store had run out of bridge rolls. When I complained I needed these rolls to make hot dogs, she produced a pack of round rolls and suggested that I, and there's the drum roll emoji, cut the sausages to fit, at which point I went straight to Meltdown. The same supermarket, Tesco, we're naming and shaming on this, uh, we're not the BBC, the same supermarket, Tesco, once sent a security guard to ask me to leave because I was taking too long to shop and looking suspicious. Name and shame. We're calling out Tesco. Yeah. First of all, I mean, that's, that bun sausage thing, not not that acceptable. I'm on your side. <laughs> but the, then the hot dog won't taste the same if you have to cut it like that. Mm. You're not having the hot dog experience. Yeah, I get it. You're just eating a sandwich, a sad sandwich. Uh, I do. I because I've had the opposite problem with the Tesco Nimi because they. There's the, it's the brand, own brand Tesco car wash, the hand car wash. And I've gone to go, get my car cleaned because comedians' cars get very disgusting because I use it like a bin. Um, and they <laughs> will say it will take half an hour and it never does. It takes like an hour, but there's nothing else nearby. So I have to just hang out in Tesco's for an hour because their car, how long does it take to clean? Maybe it's that they thought it was going to be half an hour and then they saw a comedian's car and it was so disgusting. It ends up taking an hour. But um, yeah, we're, we're now an anti-Tesco podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I shop exclusively at Sainsbury's and Morrison's. It has nothing to do with the fact that they're the closest shops to me. They're quite classy ones. I'm I'm little and yeah. Audi. I, I live in a fancy part of town. I wish everyone <laughs> around me was poor enough. You're making that I cruise have money. Yeah. I, I'm making cruise money. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, Listen, I know we usually chat a little longer, but uh, the ship will leave without me. So I should get yeah, back Yeah, you're on in be- it. beautiful. Is it Spain? Yeah, I'm in Spain in right Spain. now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, oh, fantastic. Yeah, I'm very I'm jealous. At, I'm at sea for two days and then we port at Southampton and then I'll take the train home from there. So. Well, I, I am in Froome tonight near Bristol. So we're both going to exotic places. Yeah, similar. Similar <laughs> vibe. Similar vibe. Um, if you have a moment, you can send it to neurodivergentmomentspod at gmail.com um, or send it to the uh, social media, which is NDM underscore podcast. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Um, apart from that, check out Pierre on tour um, and we will see you in a fortnight. Yeah, look forward to it. Oh, oh go on the Patreon. Patreon and yeah, Patreon and write and review. Do give us some reviews and things to help us get into the charts. 
Yeah. Yeah. See you in Fortnite. All right. Look forward to it, guys. Bye. Bye.